a lawsuit is is a is it's just like any other business decision. So my job as a litigator is to say, here's the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's what it's going to cost you, and here's what I think is going to happen two years from now. What do you want to do? All right. So welcome to the You Are Lawyer podcast, Bill Mitchell. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, I just had a Dr. Pepper. I'm awake. I'm ready to go. <laughs> cool. So, um, Bill, I am really excited to talk to you today because you work in what's called monitoring council. Please tell the audience what that is. Okay. Um, I've been practicing law for 30 years and I, uh, I, I'm in Atlanta currently, but uh, generally what that means is I was a litigator, still am a litigator, do uh, a, a large array of cases. And in that experience, I've been Went from just working in Georgia for many years, representing clients on you know various levels of litigation and complicated cases. And over the years, that has matured and developed into where I'm a monitoring counsel, which means I might be hired anywhere across the country to help better evaluate a case that might be going to trial, figure out how to get it resolved, put evaluation on the case. So essentially a second set of eyes and ears to review one case, I call them red flag cases or tranches of cases to help guide clients to get better results, more economical, efficient results, as I like to say. Okay, so you're literally monitoring the process to make sure things are going. Yeah, especially close to the end because what we, and we'll probably dig into this, but what we learn is 1% of all cases go to trial, and there's a reason for that. And the issue is, when do you appreciate your case is not in the 1%? Is it early in the process or three years down the road where many clients go, oh my gosh, we've spent all this money and we paid our lawyers all these fees and we're three years in and now we're saying, "Uh uh-oh, we need to get rid of this case. My job is to get that, make that evaluation a lot quicker and a lot sooner and effectively a lot cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. You know, television and movies show going to court, like you file today, you're in court tomorrow. And that is definitely not the case. I used to love LA law because trial when you're in trial is an incredible experience. But the 18 hour days getting to trial are traumatic. My kid, my kids who are now 24, 22, and 21 called me trial bill. So when dad was going to trial, they'd be like, oh, trial bill, do not ask him a question. Don't look at him. Don't say, don't ask him anything. And but so in LA law, you'd see them at trial and then they would be drinking all night and womanizing and hooking up and like, what are you guys doing? You got trial. <laughs> yes, it's uh, tough. Yeah, they definitely take a lot of liberties on television. <laughs> So trial bill, I got to call you that. I just have to. Yeah, thank Um, you. (laughs) So why did you switch from litigating, you know, prepping for 18 hours and all of that into doing the monitoring council? Is it a natural evolution to where you are now? Yeah, yes and no. A decade ago, I started really focusing on the process of being a lawyer and adding value. And, you know, as you probably know, and I think you're doing a great job of, as an advocate for lawyers, lawyers don't have a great reputation overall. I mean, I'm not sure if we're just above or just behind used car salesmen, but we're right there. <laughs> I think and, behind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bottom line is I had a case. I'll, I'll tell you the threshold case. I had a case when, when I, I've been practicing for 33 years. When I was a 50-year lawyer, I was begging this client for work. And he was an insurance executive who had a large book of business here in Atlanta, in Metro Atlanta. And I was begging him for work. 
he shouldn't have given me any work. I was a fifth, six-year lawyer. I was green. I didn't know what I was doing. He shouldn't have given me any work. But one day he calls me and he says, Bill, I have a very sad case. It's a death case. It's a school district book of business we do, but they, there's immunity. And we've been using the same lawyer for, for years. And the lawyer gets great results, but every case, the lawyer bills $100,000 on it. We win, but it's $100,000. And he says, this lawyer, send me a budget. It's a $75,000 budget. The lawyer says, we are going to win, but it's going to have to take about $75,000 in a year or two, go through the process. And he said, here's the deal. The lawyer has a conflict now. And what of an epiphany, right? I'm, I'm in an industry of complicators, extenders, delayers. I make money by billing. And this guy's telling me to do to bizarro world, do the opposite. Get rid of it cheaper, quicker, and then I'll give you a bunch of work. Yeah. So, so what happened? <laughs> I, I went home and thought about it. And over the next two or three weeks, I developed a plan. I didn't know at the time I was a good negotiator. But I developed a plan and met and talked to the plaintiff's lawyer a handful of times over about three weeks. And ultimately the lawyer, and there were other defendants in the case and that helped me. And I actually educated that lawyer and explained to the lawyer why I shouldn't be in the case. They shouldn't have me in the case. It doesn't help them to have me in the case. I use mostly honey, not much vinegar. And I billed $3,500 and they dismissed me. Oh my goodness. So, okay. so my law firm, I tell my law firm this story and they're like, their thought is, what are you thinking? You lost $66,000. That client sent me millions of dollars of work over the next 20 years. Yeah. Best so, thing I ever did. So that was a million dollar decision to give up that 66. Yeah. Eloquently said. And that has been my philosophy since that day, which then has led to me keeping statistics on that issue. All my people, I, I had a new lawyer come in. We hired a new lawyer in the last six months and the new lawyer was at a different firm and they want to fight, fight, litigate, litigate. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. What's the best steakhouse in town? And he said, oh, X place. And I know he's a big food guy. I said, get rid of a case by billing less than 5,000 bucks and, and, and you and your wife go to that steakhouse within, as soon as you do it. Because I want people to be rewired to think we will close when we can close. So when we bring in full circle, what I learned, because I then wrote a book on it, when I speak on, I've spoke to over probably 2000 insurance executives, insurance claims people, general counsel, risk managers, 92% at least of all cases settle, 1% go to trial. So I developed this reputation that I was a top 1% deal maker, really good at evaluating cases, really good at finding leverage points and exit strategies and then negotiating them. So, you know, it led to more cases need to be settled than need to be tried. So yeah. I kind of slided into that expertise. Yeah. So I think that's a fantastic story. I mean, we don't hear that enough that if you can get it done faster for less money, do it and that you will be rewarded for that. Right. Because yeah, yeah billing is everything. So so there, there are there, there are cynics to my philosophy, and I'll have I'll I might deal. I had a Fortune 500 company called me in about six months ago. I do a master's in negotiation seminar on negotiating, and they called me and said, "I've been listening to these seminars. I'm gonna send you an, uh, a request for um, bid. 
because we're going to maybe consider using you guys. So he sends me the request for bid. I'm really excited. I look at it and it's like 10 pages and eight of the pages. He wanted to know every case I tried, what the facts were, what was the result, et cetera. And it would have taken me a couple of days to do it. So I called him and I said, Hey, you know, James, I'll be happy to do this work, but I have a question for you before I do this work. How many cases you guys tried in the last two years? And his answer was, Oh, None. We got hit for four million about three years ago. We don't try any cases. And I said, well, if that's the case, why are you asking me all these questions about it's important? It's important to have trial experience. I get it. But you should be asking me deal maker questions. How am I? How how can I prove to you I'm a great deal maker? Because if you're settling all your cases, you need a deal maker. So it's hard to and I have carriers and, and, and companies all the time say, I don't want to be known as a settlement company. And I'm like, I'll try cases for you, but let me ask you a question. How many cases do you try? And it's, they're 1%. So I said, you are what you are. I mean, you might not want that reputation, but I'm just a realist. You are what you are. And so it's hard. To, you know, you have to really, I call it the thaw. People have to thaw into this philosophy. They don't want to embrace the reality. So you got to let them thaw and think about it and ruminate and marinate and then hopefully get to the, to the conclusion. Yeah, because to your point, if 99% of all cases settle, it's not just them, right? They're not the settlement place. It's everyone. So, yeah. okay. Plaintiffs, too. That yeah. means the average plaintiff's taking 1% one one of their cases to trial. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this, your website, um, on your biography on the website, it says you're an aggressive and creative trial lawyer. Does that speak to this, your fall yeah. method? And Okay. Yes. All right, cool. <laughs> So, Bill, let's switch paces here. You went to Michigan State for undergrad. I went to Ohio State, so yay, Big Ten. Oh. <laughs> we have a mutual love for our hated enemy, Michigan, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so then you went to Wayne State for law school. What brought you to Georgia? How did you get there? I came down here for spring break and said, oh, my gosh, it's young, vibrant, warm. <laughs> And it was, with all due respect, I grew up in Romeo, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. I love Michigan. It's been a great place. But Michigan goes up and down economy-wise because of the auto industry. And, and Atlanta just had a completely different vibe. It was youthful and growing. And it's, it, it's done this, Mike, in 30 years, you know. And, and so that's why I came down here. And I got lucky. I got one job opportunity, got one offer, and took it. And I came down here. I knew no one. And it was a lonely first year. Okay, but you stayed, and 33 years later, still in the law. So, okay, yeah. very cool. I'll tell, be honest with you. When I came down here, and I think it was reasonable advice. Many people were saying, "Bill, you're from Michigan. You went to law, went to high school, college, in law school in Michigan. Your network is in Michigan. Why would you want to unplug this great network to move to Georgia, where you have no network? Very, very reasonable and logical." And maybe it was just luck, but it ended up, I mean, obviously I created a pretty good network here and grew a big practice in a big law firm with a great partner. Um, so it worked, but you know, it was, it was, it was probably not completely rational when I moved down here though. Yeah. Not the advice you would give your kids, but it worked for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Bill, you mentioned the book that you wrote, which is the disruptive lawyers, little black book of litigation management. Yes. Can you give us a little bit more details about why specifically you wrote that book? Okay, so am I allowed to be, well, this is not really in politic, but can I, I'm, I'm slightly in politic at times. Okay. So I started doing speeches, and this speech, I hate to tell you, it goes back to the card 
used car dealer reputation is the speech was the 10 ways your panel council screws you. Okay. And, and of course, people like you can't say that. So I said, that I, but I gave the speech with that title a couple times. And it was 10 ways that if you were embedded in what I would I did, you could tell little things like motions to dismiss. I call a motion to dismiss most of the time a motion telling the other guy how to amend the complaint so we continue litigating. Mm -hmm. I get to bill five or 10 grand for this motion and then they fix it and we litigate. Mm -hmm. Motions to compel. I don't, you know, there's these red flag things that we should be able, if you're a good lawyer and you're an efficient lawyer, you should be able to avoid the cost and expense of for your client's benefit. And, and, and just so you know, the client defines what a win is. So if a client tells me, Bill, here's the deal. I'd rather pay you $100,000 than settle with them for $5,000. They're the client, their money, that's what I do. But my, I think my real job is to give them a, a lawsuit is, is, a, is, is just like any other business decision. Decision. So my job as a litigator is to say, here's the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's what it's going to cost you. And here's what I think is going to happen two years from now. What do you want to do? And then, then they can say, well, you know what? I'd rather do A, B, or C. And then we do what they want to do. But, I mean, that's the philosophy. And so that philosophy was in a speech. And I just one day sat down in, I mean, it's a free book. So it's not like I'm doing, um, and I just one day over about, about a three-week period, typed the speech. Very cool. And then had some really smart people edit it and make it sound a little more interesting than I made it sound. So that's how it happened. Okay. I mean, the title is reminiscent of, you know, like Emily Post's little black book of etiquette yeah. and what you should do. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, was just, I was just showing the book, so go <laughs> okay. ahead. Um, so is this something that you guys give to new associates when they come into the firm? Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you know what we've learned, it's hard to rewire lawyers that were trained elsewhere. So, I mean, we have a big program on training our people to this philosophy and it, it doesn't work all the time, but here's, you know, there's certain over the years, there's certain things I've read more red flags I've learned and we can get you remind me if you want to talk about them, but you know, we train them. I do, I now do, it's called the Masters of Negotiation. I do a eight part series on if 92% of all cases settle and most of your money is going to paying lawyers and settling, you need really good negotiators. So and I went to law school and I, no one taught me how to negotiate in law school. When I worked at a big law firm, I had a one boss who was pretty good. Another boss who really wasn't. Um, no one trains on this. So now I'm training on it. And I literally, so I have it right now at the editor is a book called the disruptive lawyers, little black book of negotiation. So okay. we'll be writing about 60 days. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Cause your episode's coming out in June. So we'll, we'll make okay. sure we push it. <laughs> um, you should probably do like a little, like a rebrand called the thaw factor or something <laughs> like something. Super factor? Can, uh, thaw, like, cause you thaw. said people have to thaw to it. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I tell people this philosophy, I've literally had people like, dude, dude, you know, clients that are really close to me. I, I don't want, I don't get it. I don't want to hear. And then like a, two months later, and the, like one guy took two years and then he, you know, he, he, we were monitoring counsel on this national program, which was at the time crazy. He's like, why would we use a Georgia law lawyer? It was an employment practices program, which, you know, they file with the EOC and then you, try to negotiate before they go blow up. And he used me nationwide and 
the say he had a he changed programs where he saved like 80% on legal fees and indemnity by doing this program. And like, he's like, okay, it works. That's wild. You're like, of course it works. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you say to other law firms that are like, why are you doing that? Like, haven't you had enough? Wasn't this just a test run? Why not bring it back to the, the usual way of billing and dragging out time? Um, well, I have spoken to other law firms and usually what I get is a general counsel will come up to me and say, I literally have had a general counsel at a panel council meeting, show this book and say, this is brilliant. All you guys need to go get it. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't hired by them at the time. I just got calls from 20 random law firms from Miami to Vancouver to Seattle saying, Hey, we want your book. Yeah. Um, so the philosophy, if you're on the side of cutting checks, is well-received. If you're a law firm and you're, I call them dinosaur lawyers. If you're a dinosaur lawyer who is in the billing game, they're very critical and defensive because it takes a mindset to change and it takes a skill set. And my problem, frankly, in the industry's problem is even if you have the mindset, I would argue 20, 30% have the skill set and 5% have a really good skill set to get it done. And to give you an example, um, like I, I started handing out this books, like, like some of my partners were like, why are you giving your, this book to, to our competitors? Yeah. So when I do a litigation management speech, I literally put on a Michael Jordan Jersey. And people like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I give, I give, I started out by saying, Hey, I have, a, I have a partner and she got mad at me that I give our book out to competitors. And, and this goes to the mindset versus skill set. I put on a Michael Jordan Jersey and you know, the Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan has this epic slam dunk in the slam dunk contest years ago. Okay. And he ran and he jumped from the free throw line suspended in the air and slam dunk. He was in the air for seven seconds. I'm a Detroit Piston. I hate Michael Jordan. <laughs> and so, so I tell people in the audience, I put on my jersey and say, here's the deal. I have watched that video a hundred times. I have measured the distance. I have paced the distance. Do you think I can do it? No, I don't have the skill set of Michael Jordan to do this. And so with all due respect to my peers, if you're if you don't have the skill set, reading the book gets you halfway there, but it doesn't get you all the way. Man, that's a really, really good analogy. <laughs> that's really, really good because I am trying to, I, last November, I learned about growth mindset. And so I've been reading it and delving into it. And I'm like, is this a thing? Because I even bill my time for podcasting to make sure I get paid enough or I'm paying my assistant enough for all of this stuff. And uh -huh. I'm like... I could probably stop doing that, right? Like I could completely change things, but it's really hard. So to think that you could have the knowledge or have a book, but you still need to have a skill set. It, it's yeah. very interesting. Very interesting. And hey, hey, just to be fair, and I want to be, I'm, I'm very transparent. If you called me and said, hey, Bill, we have this case that's going to the United States Supreme Court. We need an oral advocate. I would tell you, Dude, I am the last person to hire. I would get up there, call everybody by the wrong name. I'd mumble, stumble, forget myself, and maybe even faint. Okay. Um. So, so 
on oral argument, not that good. Trial guy, pretty good. Strategist, really good. Deal maker, really good. I mean, so you got to know what you're good at and what you're unique at, right? You're really good at this. So elevate yourself to this. Yeah. I, I guarantee if I were interviewing you, I mean, you're very good at listening and finding clues and asking the next question. So it's a natural lead. I'd be horrible at it. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm going into the sixth season. My first season, not so well. Like I had questions and you would be talking and I'm like, oh, okay, qu next question. Right. Like I had to learn about, yeah. um, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, I think you mastered it. Thank you. Thank you. And I've definitely learned how to negotiate from doing this job, right? Because I have sponsors and all these different people I have to talk to. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't learn that in law school either. So. Um, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. I know. Um, so, Bill, I have one last question here for you. What would you say to young lawyers, lawyers practicing five years or less, about the legal practice? Excellent. That's my I just audience. A, yeah. I just did a LinkedIn on this. Hey, tell them to follow me on LinkedIn. I give some pretty good advice on stuff. And in fact, I'm doing so. Hey, a couple things. One, yeah, <laughs> I want to give. I want to give you. I'm in my mentorship phase. You know, okay. you go through this. You know, I can't. I'm trying to figure stuff out. Then you go this. I need to prove how great I am, even if that means stepping on people. And then you start going through the regret phase that maybe I stepped on too many people. And then you go <laughs> the phase of I'm going to lift people up. So number one, what I do when my lawyers come here and, you know, well, my firm's 80, I think we're 80, 90 lawyers. We've, we're not, we're a mid-sized firm. We went from four to 80. So I'm proud of that, but you know, so we're not like a thousand lawyers, but we've done pretty well. But I show them when I was a first year lawyer, this three page single space memo from my boss, where it is nothing but you are a horrible lawyer. Oh, no. And the tone was slightly better. I'm not picking on him. He was, he's right. He should have fired me. I was horrible. He did conclude by saying on the very last play, all is not bad. But, but so number Most one, I want to communicate. All is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> number one, I want to communicate. This is what we do is super hard, very complicated. We're juggling a lot of balls from not only the, the law is the easiest thing. But you have clients, you have internal issues, you have your boss, you got marketing, you got all these things, and it takes a while to figure it out, number one. And it probably takes at least four or five years. You, but in your third or fourth year, the mistake you make is you think you figure it out. And then your fourth or fifth year, you say, oh, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. Thank, now I understand what I don't know, and now I'm, I'll be a good lawyer. So, so realize that, number one, and, and you keep fighting. There's not, the only time you fail is when you quit. Okay. Um, number two, stick with one firm. If don't unless you're like bro broke and you need every last dime, the first, you're not, you're not doing this for, this is a 30 year career. Be an apprentice for the first five years, find a really good firm, a really good mentor who's going to train you in, in how to do things the right way and give you relationships. We don't pay the most, but we give relationships. Yeah. There's, that is so important because if you jump from firm, every resume, I keep, to, I see, I saw five resumes this week, four jobs in four years. That is the worst thing you can do. Maybe they made yeah. 10 or 15 grand more money, but the very short sighted because 
they're not making any roots. So when they're a 50 year lawyer in the first year at some firm, they haven't gotten anywhere. They don't have any relationships. It's better to be in a firm for five years, make less money, but then develop relationships. Because once you guess what you have when you have clients, you have leverage, you have flexibility, you have options. You're trying to play the game that years eight through 30, you have those three things. So don't chase, don't be myopic and chase extra dollars over the short run. And here, the last thing I'll say is when you're going to interview for a, a, a firm, you should ask three questions. One, do I get to do everything? Is your, if you're a litigator, I don't want to do piecemeal. I want to do everything. I want to do the answer. I want to mess up the discovery. I want to mess up the deposition. I want to mess up at, you know, MSJ. And then I want to go to trial and go, oh my gosh, I didn't answer these six questions. That's why we're not going to win this case. You've got to go through all that. So you want to see it. If you do it piecemeal, you don't see it. Number one, number two, you want to say, ask your boss literally, how many people have you made partners, ma'am or sir? And how many clients have you handed off to your people? Are you sharing or are you a hoarder as a boss? You want to go to sharers because it is very, very, 1% of all lawyers are rainmakers. Then there's a 10 or 15% that if they're given a client, they'll hold on to it because they're really good lawyers and they're likable once they get them. So you're likely, the chance of being in the 1% aren't very good. The chance of you being in the 10 to 15 to 20% are probably okay. But you need the one percenter who's a sharer to cling to to get the opportunity. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely makes sense. Um, those are really good points. <laughs> those are really, really good points. Um, I just had an interview this week because, you know, I'm working from home. My husband works from home. And I'm like, let's get out of the office and let's see. So this lady is looking for operations manager. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm so busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I asked her one question. And I'm like, so did you decide you needed help? Or did people tell you you needed help? Because that'll let me know whether or not you'll listen to me. Uh huh. And she was like, oh, I don't even think you could do this job. I think you need to do something else. She, she was like, nope, I'm going to push you up. She was like, these kind of decisions, you shouldn't even be here. I'm going to like see if there's something else we can find for you. And I was like, oh. Okay. That's, a, that's a great question. I mean, that's, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, but um, so making sure that you ask those questions about are you a rainmaker? Do you share clients? All those things. It, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So. All right, Bill. Well, thank you so much. Um, like I said, the podcast audience is younger lawyers, five years or less, or law students who are about to graduate. So I think they'll really benefit from hearing this. Well, I appreciate it. Tell them. And again, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. So jump on LinkedIn. If they want the book, they can email me and I'll get, get a book out to them. Okay, They're great. Free. Absolutely great. Okay. So I hey, do you were wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Trial Bill. You have a good rest of the day. Thank you. All right, Kyla, be good. All right, bye. bye, -bye.